Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to Everyday Being with me, Gareth Evans, and my dear, dear friend, Steve Knight. Steve, how are you this evening? I'm very good, Gareth, yeah. How about you? Night's closing in, it's getting darker. Night's closing. Yeah. Well, and we are recording this on ha- Halloween night here uh, in the... Oh, yeah. uh, well, it's Halloween everywhere, isn't it? But here in the UK. So uh, uh, we might have to manage doorbells and uh, <laughs> yeah. and various, I don't know, people flowering and flower and egg in us or whatever, whatever sort of uh, tricks that kids uh, kids kids of the, of the day do. Um, so, look, welcome back to Everyday Being. Uh, our guide our explanation our understanding our podcast series is which is trying to bring to life what we call being and how we can use that understanding in simple everyday ways to bring greater happiness to our lives uh we pick a topic and we look at it from a being perspective and try to give those everyday stuff uh, that we all come across in a range of different ways that can deepen our understanding of of being. Our topic for this episode is conflict and how we deal with conflict from a, an everyday being perspective. So what would be that uh, in the moment arguments or disagreements or that that uh, might be short term, might be long term, might be with uh, individuals might be groups of people, but you know what? What is it that is common about that notion of conflict? And why do many, and probably I'm somebody that hands up of have struggled with conflict in in the past. Probably there's some stuff means I still do now. Um, and so, therefore, what it what can an understanding of being uh, help with us? get better at dealing with conflict or get less comfortable with conflict or understand it it better so we're just going to sort of step around the subject look at it in a range of different ways and try to find some some simple scenarios that that might help land it a bit more steve do you want to kick us off in time-honored fashion yeah um i think i guess as i was just reflecting on um this topic area um I suppose I, I, my reflections were, is it's so interesting how I think everyone can relate to it. So I suppose there is something about the fact that living in a physical world, you're naturally coming across things that cause you frustrations or, co- or, or cause you difficulty. And so I suppose when I was thinking, well, one of the consequences when we live in community with other people is that you know, people think about things in different ways, as we've talked about on previous podcasts. So in a way, you can see that that everyone has their own personal history, their own experiences that they've had through their life. Um, you know, everyone has a slightly different personality. Um, no one has lived the life that we've lived. So you can sort of see how it's very natural that we will think about things in a way that might be different to the way other people think about things. I think Sydney Banks described it as, you know, we live in separate realities that no one else has our mind and no one else has our experience. And therefore, you know, in a very real way, we are, we can have the same physical experience, but experience it in very in very sort of different ways. So I think there was that aspect of it, that the sort of separate realities. And then 
So the other reflection I was having as we were preparing this was that we, that one of the challenges I think we have is that we, we can often think about ourselves as a separate self. So one of the consequences of the fact that we live in a separate reality can look like, well, of course I'm separate to other people. And so when you think of yourself as a separate self, then partly you've got to look, look after yourself that you can be quite sort of vulnerable if you're just a, a, an individual on your on your own. And therefore, it's quite natural that you want to stand up for yourself and want things to be done in a, in a particular way. And that might be different to other people that you're you're interacting with. Um, <clears throat> so I think, in a sense, that that the fact that we're going to we can see ourselves as separate and that we can live in sort of separate realities. I mean, there might be times when we disagree with things and it's very easy to get into sort of conflict around around those issues if we're not if we're not really careful. Right. So I suppose I was just thinking that's the in a sense the the sort of backdrop, the sort of nature of the human experience, I think, which shows why we can see conflicts at a sort of global level as we're we're sort of currently seeing it at, at the moment in certain parts of the world, but also that then that can obviously just play out in our day on our day-to-day -day lives in the relationships we have or the people that we work with and so on. Yeah. How about you? What were there when you sort of stand back from it and think about conflict, were there any particular things that were coming to mind for you? Yeah. So I think I try to think about it as almost from our first principles is okay well where, where am i coming from you know who who am i who am i being um that i guess when i'm that that always feels like sort of like a fundamental place to, to start when i think about situations that i might be in, in conflict and you know what's the extent to which that you know my my thinking my interaction my behaviors my connection my sense of presence is aligned to where i'm where i'm coming from so that always feels like somewhere that we've sort of you know got to, to start from um secondly i was also sort of thinking as as well is the sort of the power and nature of thought um and conflict situations can heighten can bring all an awful lot of thinking that may or may not be helpful um about the situation about the relationship with with the person as well so i sort of thought that thought had a really big big role in 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 conflict as well um and actually i hadn't I hadn't actually thought of this in the preparation but something that you you said made, made me think about it is is also the extent to which that we are invested in in outcomes strikes me as something uh, really important so we've talked about this in previous episodes and we've written about it in a couple of blogs that you can find on on the website where we've got this sort of you know lovely diagram that 
that talks about the extent to which that we're invested in outcome uh, on on one sort of axis and on the second axis, the extent to which that we're involved in whatever that, you know, involved in any given situation. So you have sort of high high uh, investment, low, uh, low uh, involvement and, and so on and, and so forth. But it sort of strikes me that actually the, the nature of being highly invested in something be it an opinion or a, a view or something that must happen or a reaction to something actually that too felt like something that was was playing a really sort of um strong um in, you know strong impact again on conflict mm-hmm. um and and you know perhaps yeah perhaps the the, the you know the, the last thing that maybe overlaps those three points is you know is that is sort of truly where it where is this conflict coming from yeah, what 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 is it? Where does the label of of conflict coming from? Um, and how is it being created? And you know, am I creating it? So again, on a previous episode, we talked about this difference between creation or creating and reacting. And and I wondered um, whether a lot of times when we're arguing with people or we're disagreeing, uh, we're having a blazing row with somebody, or actually we see somebody with just really sort of different uh, views to one another. Um, actually, you know, do we spend a lot of that time creating, sorry, reacting to what what has happened and, and what the other person has has said? Um, there's there's some wonderful wonderful work done. Um, particularly in the sort of the school of dialogue, um, which I think is really, really interesting around, you know, around how conversations take, take place. Um, and, you know, and, and, and how do, you know, people think and, and talk to, together. Uh, there's a wonderful little model by a guy called Hugh Pigeon that's got this sort of like the, the center of the conversation. And then he, what he, he ultimately called was the angel of the North where these sort of like the two wings are, are when people get further and further away from one another um, and, and into real kind of like flight or fight or compelling people to do something or be something a certain way. But actually when they're, when we're actually we're closer to that, that center and the sort of the wings are the two sort of sides of a discussion are closer together. You're in um, inquire and inform. So that sort of notion, there isn't a judgment with it. There is just a, a questions and answers. And as long as people stay within that, center of a conversation without forcing or judging or putting different things on it actually people can stay closer uh and that too made me think about you know actually conflict is where people are forced for whatever reason through themselves or through others further away from that that center Mm. Mm. yeah and I guess what you're highlighting there really is that there's the, the, the central role that thought plays. Yeah. <laughs> so in effect, you could, you know, you could you could say, well, all conflict is is a disagreement about thought. Now, in a way, that then doesn't necessarily help you, but it is helpful to see that's really what you're dealing with. That when when two parties are in conflict the real truth is that they have different thought about whatever it is that they're conflicting over 
Yeah. And so it's really helpful to know actually that's fundamentally what you're actually what you're actually dealing with. And I suppose in terms of if you start to see the truth of that, and as we've I guess talked about on this podcast, that you start to see that truth is incredibly powerful. I mean, you know, you can see the power of thinking to create these differences and what that can ultimately you know lead to as we as we're seeing in the world at the moment you, you so you can see there's a sort of huge power for it to to sort of create that and <clears throat> because our thinking is always related to the level of consciousness that we have the level of understanding that we have then what this understanding this everyday being understanding brings is that we can see the truth of that, that we can step, there's an opportunity for us to step back from our thinking and to drop back more into our, our sense of being, that sense of presence, so that when we are in having difficulties with someone else or in conflict with someone else, rather than as you're describing, we react to that and we just get drawn more and more into it, where often it's then our thinking becomes even more fixed and we get further and further away. Yeah. There's an opportunity for us to step to step back, see that thought, all thought is relative. So no thought is absolutely true. It's always relative to the level of consciousness that we have about this issue at that, that moment in time. It then gives us an opportunity to, when we're experiencing conflict, to relate to it from a different from a different perspective, which yeah. I think then builds on what you were saying before about when we talked about creating, you know, who, who, what do I want to create in my response to this, to this situation? Mm. Um, and I really liked Sidney Banks used to describe ego when he talked about ego, he would often describe it as self-importance, <laughs> which I think is quite an interesting way of thinking about sort of ego, which I think, links back to that sense of the separate self because if <clears throat> if if the ego is about that sense of self-importance that sort of reaffirming my sense of self which is a false sense because no self is isolated from any other self you know we're all part of that same intelligence of life but you can see that once you get locked into that and you then get caught up in your thinking, then your, your sense of rigidity in your thinking and that sense of that you needing to defend yourself, you can sort of see how that just gets reinforced and reinforced. And mm. there's just no answer. There's no answer through that because you're then into the conflict. And once you're into the conflict of it, it's then it becomes a power struggle, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's no way through that. And for somebody coming to this podcast series, maybe for the first time, Steve, perhaps you could just do sort of a little bit on that separate self and what you what you meant mean by that and and then maybe finish off with again just bringing it back to conflict. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I suppose that it you know, I can I can I can, you know, as we're on this Zoom, 
I can look at I can look at myself because I've got my, my camera on. I can look at you. And to all intents and purposes, it looks like, well, of course I'm a separate self, because I can see, you know, I'm I'm here uh, and you're there, you're you're somewhere else. And it looks like, well, of course we're we're a we're a separate self. And in a way, saying, well, there is a there is clearly a truth to that. You know, you are you are who you are, and I am who I am. But actually, when you step back from that, you sort of realize that okay, that's what it looks like that I'm completely separate. But then as you sort of inquire into that, you realize, well, what am I separate from? What do I exist separate from? And then just logically, you just go, well, am I separate to the earth? Well, no, I sort of rely on the, am I separate to the sun? Well, no, I rely on the sun. Am I separate to the air that I breathe? Well, no, because I need that because otherwise my, my body doesn't survive. I saw something the other day that said, Actually, when you look at the makeup of a human being, for, it's only 47% of us is human. And the rest of it is the, um, the uh, all the viruses and the bacteria and, and, and so on. Nice. So actually, it was wow. just saying, actually, that's why things like the microbiome and our gut bite becomes sort of, you know, so important. And viruses play such an important role in our immune system. You know, so you suddenly realize, wow, even at that biological level we're completely connected to the to the rest of the rest of life um so i think it it's helpful to see the relative truth of that that we're separate but then to see actually we're completely sort of you know interconnected um because we're you know everything in a way is is sort of connected to everything else and so there is a little bit more of a myth about this, that we're completely sort of isolated from everything else. And I think even as human beings, you, you sort of realize, well, why have we survived as human beings? Because we're, we're a relatively um, weak animal compared to the rest of the animal kingdom. And it seems, well, part of it is clearly our intelligence. But another part is obviously our ability to live in community with, with others because that's what's enabled us to you know survive against particularly when the environment was more threatening to us but to be able to survive in an environment as a fairly sort of weak you know weak animal so you sort of realize that um even at that level you could say well we're completely interconnected to other people just in terms of our ability to survive, you know, because to, to get food on our table, to put a roof over our head, to have the electricity that that powers the lights that we're, we're using tonight, you know, you realize, wow, I'm, I'm completely interdependent to all these other people that are, that are all doing things that sort of contribute to me being able to sort of live my life. So even at that physical level, you see it. And then when you step back and think about more of our, <clears throat> what sits behind our experience and what's so common about the human experience, 
you sort of realize, well, of course, it, we're all a manifestation of that, the energy of life, that intelligence that, 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 sit, that sits behind life. So we're more like, I don't know, the way, I think one of the best metaphors is more like waves in an ocean, really. It's saying, well, is, is the wave, is the wave, can you see an individual wave? Absolutely. But is that individual wave separate from the ocean? No, it's, it's, it's part of the, of the ocean. So it can still be an individual expression, but it's completely connected to the rest of the ocean. It feels to me like we're completely connected to the rest of the human, of the human race. And yeah, I think you could go beyond that and say, well, <clears throat> excuse me, we're completely connected to nature because we can't survive, you know, without everything else that goes into, goes into nature. Yeah. And so that, that notion of the separate self then, Steve, bring that, bring that back to sort of conflict then. How does that, how sort of, how does that play out when, when we're having a good old fight in a Barney with somebody about something either trivial or important? <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting because <clears throat> I suppose I think at one level it's it's really interesting, isn't it, about what are we really in control of? Yeah. Because I and I'm I'm not saying I've got the answer to this, but the more the more I think about my own life and all the work I'm doing with other people. I don't know, more and more, I just think, wow, you know, we we focus so much on the outcomes and where we're going and what we want to achieve and what goals we're working towards and so on. And there's clearly, there's clearly something in that, you know, there's something about human beings that want to create, that that want to create want to move forward and I don't know why that but clearly the evidence is there you know even in our in you know in my lifetime you see wow just how much has sort of just changed in you know I'm 55 in 50 odd years you know from when I was a child to what now you think wow what how much has changed in terms of just you know, technology and the way we think about, you know, there's just so many things that, that change over a relatively short space of time. So that that does suggest that there is something about the fact that we don't just stay still, we, we, we move forward and that we're, that we're naturally a, a, a creative part of life. And maybe... Maybe that is because life is is about creation, mm. and therefore we're 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 a manifestation of of that. But then, I suppose I keep coming back to but how much of that do we really control? How many of the outcomes do we do we really actually control? And I just think the more I reflect on it in my own life, I think well, less and less actually. But does that mean that we should be passive? I think I think, well, no, it doesn't actually. It does mean that we can we can engage in the things that we want to engage in in life, 
And I guess part of that creative process does seem to be something about acknowledging differences. Mm. You know, you've got male and female, you've got black and white. So you can see that life works with differences. That seems to be a very natural part of of life, the, the the sort of yin and yang of life, the being and doing of life, in a sense. Yeah. So we do seem to naturally, there does seem to be that 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 difference. And I, and so I, it feels to me. So where does conflict come into that? Well, conflict is then where those differences become something that we argue over rather than see them as creative opportunities and and i think you know even someone i was talking to today was describing about expressing a point of view that might be different to other people and almost in her mind thinking that's going to be a problem and I was saying to her, well, is it a problem really that you might have a different point of view to someone else? Why is, why is that? Why is that a problem? I think it becomes a problem if you get attached to that. So I wonder if that's the part of conflict is where we get then, we, that we get attached to our point of view on that difference rather than being more open to the fact that, okay, I think about it differently to that other person. That's part of life. You know, that's an important part of life. So I can turn that into a conflict or I can turn that into a, an opportunity to get more curious. You know, if you disagree, for example, Gareth, about something, I could I could fight you over it or I could say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what, what's, what, how does, what's, well, how are you seeing it that's different to me? Yeah. What's happening in your mind that you're seeing this situation differently or you think this is the, the better way to go? I can get much more curious and interested in what your thinking is that is different to, to my thinking. Yeah. With a, with a sense that actually if we bring your thinking and my thinking together on something... It might be that we both are adding something that the other one hasn't seen or hasn't understood or hasn't noticed before. And then suddenly, you know, whatever the situation is, we're looking at from a broader perspective. The chances are then from that broader perspective, we might have other ideas or thoughts about how we how we move that forward. Yeah. So I think it's almost like where, you know, like... Um, incompatible and complementary are the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah you see in yeah. relationships i was talking to someone today and i was saying yeah it's so interesting how you know when people get together it's like um God, we're so complementary you know because they see it differently to me and it really adds something that we look at things from a completely different perspective and and there's a real uh, if there's a real openness to that you can see wow that's really um complementary and then you know a bit further down the line 
you know, well, yeah, we're completely incompatible. Well, why are you incompatible? Well, we just look at the world through a different lens. We see things differently, you know, and then it's like that's we're just completely incompatible. And it's like, well, they're the same. They're the same traits that yeah. were making you complementary before. And you sort of realize that's just, there's a real truth to that in relationships often. You can really see that dynamic. And then it's mm. like, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is the goodwill that exists. That's it, really. And the goodwill is just my my openness and my willingness to be curious and interested in what that you might think about something differently to the way I think about it. And if I've got goodwill in the way that I then approach that conversation, the chances are we'll come up with something that um, you know is a, is a useful and helpful way forward. Yeah. Which is something said is what we said at the start, isn't it? About the the nature to which that we are fixed on a particular thing that needs to happen, because that you know that 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 is you know, a huge influence over conflict. You think this, I think that. Well, if we are stuck and intransient on those 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 opinions, that we we aren't going to move forward. We we're going to move move further away from each other. But as you you know, you rightly say that actually the extent to which that we can be open the extent to which we can be curious the extent to which we can try to understand where you're coming from in this situation or in a slightly different way is the extent to which that we can move closer together to say okay we are in these different opinions well you know how can we how can we work through that how can we work either to another outcome or or quite frankly what's the extent that it matters you know, whether you want, you know, mint chocolate chip and, and I like, you know, salted caramel, you know, <laughs> you know, it, I, I don't know whether that sort of particularly matters, but actually that, that ability to sort of step back and think, okay, well, you know, where are we? What, you know, what's going on? Does this really matter? Um, What's coming on from the, for the other person? I think, I, th- I think is powerful, but equally, I do know. I think we'll all be honest with this: is actually it is easy to say, it is hard to do, particularly where things are personal and they're they are emotional for us, isn't it? And mm. for you know whatever reason, and completely understandably, these things get incredibly heightened. Yeah, that you know when we are. I don't know, having a disagreement with our our partners, our, our children, our parents, or when we're falling out with a work colleague or, you know, or, you know, some, some, somebody at the shop or somebody on a customer services. Mm. No, no, that's a bad example. I've gone too far. No, when we, we've talked, when we're falling out with somebody that really, really matters, um, yeah, that, that is, that is hard because I don't know, from a personal experience, you just, you just, I think I'm just, you know, more, I don't know, more thought, well, thought, the thought in my mind, my mind feels stronger and it just feels like a stronger emotion at play. So, you know, it is difficult in, in those moments to step back and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I need to do these things. I need to be curious about where Steve's coming from when actually it's just really, really hard because of the connection and the relationship and, and the thoughts that go through the mind. Yeah. 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 And I, 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 I think one of the other things that is important to understand is that, look, your happiness 
is never going to come from anything outside of you. So I think one yeah. of the one of the big barriers, actually, as I think about it, or one of the co- causes of conflict is because we think that the world works outside in. So I need to have certain things, you know, to, to be happy. And as soon as you start to approach it in that way, that I need something in the world of form for me to be happy, then in a way you set the ground for potential conflict because you're going to hold on to that. And if that becomes really important to you, that reinforces the ego and that sense of self-importance, then of course you're going to, you're, the risk is you're going to get very attached to that. Yeah, and as soon as we get attached to a particular outcome, we're sort of we're we're setting the ground potentially for for conflict because invariably, a lot of the things that happen in life we're not we're not in control of, mm. um, and so I. I it, which I think, you know, for some people can then feel like, God, that just sounds really quite sort of passive and not caring. But I, I'm, to my mind, it's not because it's then it's not saying that there can't be things that you want to pursue in life, possibly. But it's really saying, well, the, what you're really responsible for is who you're being and the way that you live your life and that's that's about how do you want to express yourself in the way that you live your life and what you want in your life and what you want to pursue it's saying no you can you know it's not about um you don't have to be passive for that you can be fully committed to your being but at the same time, if you get attached to the outcome of things, that's what gets you into real problems and difficulties. Yeah. So I think there is a real truth about you can be fully committed to life, but ultimately you want to be unattached to it. Mm. Because I really like the way Byron Katie describes it. She, she talks about there's your business which I think is for, for us, I think would be who we're, who we're looking to be. There's their business, which is who, who they want to be. <laughs> That's their business. And then she would say there's life's business or God's business, which is how all of this unfolds. <laughs> right, and, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she said, look, the only time you get into problems is when you're on their business or on God's business. <laughs> And I really like that. It, it really, and uh, if I sometimes I'll share that with people I'm working with, and they really uh, that that really can land for people. They go, "Oh my God, I'm been so aware of when I'm on my, my when I'm on my business," and it's really it's really powerful because it does mean that you're you're fully committed to that. You can be fully committed to who am I being? How am I showing up? What what do I think is important to talk about? So it doesn't mean that you can't have disagreements. 
yeah. doesn't mean that we should all think the same way at all, actually. It says, no, disagreements are a, a wonderful aspect of the human experience, that quite a creative part of, of our nature, actually. Um, yeah. And so we can be we can be very passionate about that, about what we what we think and the ideas that we have. But you can do that in a way that doesn't have to result in conflict. And I think actually that that neatly takes on to something else that if we're talking about conflicts worth covering is actually those of us who have a fear of conflict and avoid conflict. So that that's something as well that that either consciously or not that can cause almost as many issues <laughs> as conflict it, itself. Actually, I'm, uh, I don't know if there's been any I don't know any studies on it, but I can I can probably see that sometimes the fear of conflict causes more than 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 conflict really because people I don't know don't want to disagree with people or. Uh, uh, don't want to be thought of in a particular way and have a judgment on them because they see things in a in a different uh, different mm. way or they have some outside in thinking about what you know what the other person uh, thinks and says. So so you know the the fear of of conflict as well is something that absolutely um, it, 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 it is important as well to think about, Steve. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it it and the way I would think about that is that. If if you don't speak up and it creates re- and it builds resentment in you, that's yes. when you're in that's when you're in problems. That's what I think happens a lot of time is that if it, because if you if you disagree with something, but it's not that important to you, um, uh, you know, you 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 feel like actually i i disagree with that but in my world it's it's not something that i particularly want to get involved in i i i can live with it the way it is then it's like that's fine that's that's everyone's got that got that choice but i think if you are sat there and you're thinking oh god i really hate this i think this is a really bad idea this is going to end up you know, and then you feel like, oh my God, I know, you know, I, 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 no one ever asked me for my opinion, you know, but, but, and it, you start to build that resentment. Then I think that's what comes back to bite you at some, at some yes. point, particularly if it then builds and builds and builds and builds. And uh, they used to call it, there was a, someone who wrote a book called The Intimate Enemy about sort of, uh, it was a very old book about relationships. And the metaphor he used was a gunny sack. And he said, in relationship, if you little resentments that build up <clears throat> over time, that if you you put them in your invisible sack, so a gunny sack was the the the, the people that used to hitch rides on the, the the trains in America with their stick and their all their possessions. Yeah, yeah, the, a, yeah, the dig weights and things. Yeah. yeah, that was called a gunny sack, apparently. Um, and so you build, if you're not careful, you build these resentments in a relationship with someone. And then at some point they do one little thing and you unload the whole sack on them. <laughs> yeah. And they go, I said one thing and Gareth just exploded at me and not realising, yeah, it wasn't the one thing. It was the three months worth of resentment that you've been sitting on that then suddenly got unloaded on you. So you either, 
it was, it was a very helpful metaphor because it's either you you clear it away yourself so the resentment you just it's not important uh it was just in that moment and you you clear it or if it's something that is is more significant you notice okay now there's there is something i need to talk about here you talk about when it's small when the disagreement is small because it's much easier to sort of clear to clear that away so i think that's... sometimes that's the key and and i think that's brilliant the one thing i also think is that i think that's hard to know if it it, it does it matter that that you know because if i sort of talk about you know look it, when we're in conflict we will have many many thoughts go through our heads you know where where's our mindset what's the quality of our thinking what what's the, what's the wisdom and there'll be plenty of stuff in there that isn't helpful that isn't that isn't actually going to add any value so don't go after that stuff stay stay away from it <laughs> and then there's the stuff that you go okay well but does it linger does it stay in the in the gunny sack and that that's the hard thing to know isn't it in real practical terms is to go you know what to what extent is what's going on in my head some kind of defense mechanism or is the ego because i've been i've been offended or i've been treated in the in the right way and actually it's coming from an unhealthy place or it's coming from a poor sense of 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 the ego so actually what's the stuff that you go nope i don't, I don't need to go after that and then how you know how do you know the stuff that well, it's lingering a bit feel it feels like it's important is is it important will will it drop will it fade Mm, no it's it's there i've actually i've i've got to share this now i don't know how long that process you know lasts that i've just described to some extent depending on the situation and the people involved it can last your weeks and months it can it can last you know seconds i, I don't know mm. but that's that's the difficult thing when we're trying to apply uh, you know the understanding of everyday being is okay well okay i can ignore that that's just thought it doesn't matter you know it will go but also what's the extent to which something is important and it is coming from my true sense of wisdom and it is coming from a, a place of of love whatever that might be therefore these are things that actually i you know i have to i have to share that that's the hard bit i think well i think that <clears throat> The answer to that is that your heart. So the um, uh, someone called Chrissy Philp, who wrote a really good book about uh, it's called One Way of Looking at Man. It wasn't just about men; it was about human beings, women, and men. <laughs> um, but she called it a heart constriction, and it's such a good way of thinking about it because that your heart will never lie to you. And so if you if you're in a situation and you, you can almost feel it, you feel like like if it's a relationship, for example, and you you see the person and you feel like your heart constricts slightly, you go, right, okay, that's that's something. That's something to pay attention to. And what I really like with because what she what she what she describes is that as soon as you have a heart constriction you sort of fall into a black hole. So a black hole is that the way that you're uh, experiencing life is at odds with the mental map that you've got. So there's a disconnect between the sort of mind picture that you have. 
and the reality that you're experiencing. And a heart constriction always results in a in a black hole. And shit, the whole book was about the metaphor of that the life is the black hole game. That's how you learn. You fall into a hole, you learn about what caused you to fall into the hole, and then you move on and you fall in the next one. So it's a sort of journey of understanding and discovery. But I think <clears throat> the point with the heart constriction is your duty is to your own heart. It's nothing to do with the other person. So people think, oh, that person did that. That's what pushed me into the hole. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. If you're in a hole, you're in your own hole. If your heart's constricted, it's, it's your heart. It's you've constricted it in the way that you're relating to this um, situation. So your duty is to unrestrict your heart because if you've got a restricted heart, that that's going to cause you problems and difficulties because it's being driven by the way that you're thinking. And therefore, that's going to have a residual impact because you you sort of realize in a way, Gareth, it's really interesting that um, I remember someone I was um, running a program with and she was thinking about someone that she was having a real difficulty with. It, it was a work situation. And we were talking about the inside out nature of life and role of thought. So. And it's really interesting. She had a really big insight. She said, you know, I've realized this problem with this other person. She said, I can't, I can't stay upset with her unless I keep thinking about it. And it was so interesting. She said, I'd never seen that before. That actually the situation has passed and the only way I'm now bothered by it is when I go back and think about it again. And you sort of realise that there is just a real truth to that. That if you're going to, if your if your heart constricts, then you you have to you have to keep feeding that for it to stay constricted because that's not in its nature to stay constricted you know i think in it's like that's not it, it gets in the way of our being our being is meant to flow our being is about being present being in the moment thought feeling flowing that's the nature of being that's its true nature. So in a way, the only way we can stay restricted is when we become more fixed in our thinking. And that's what then constricts the heart. Yeah. It's almost like you, you need to keep, I don't know, applying a pressure through the thinking that sort of causes the restriction. The, 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 yeah. the, natural, the natural is to expand and to be big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because it's it flows. The heart, because the heart is just a way of saying your your feeling state, and that's in our true nature. Because we're connected to everything else, that's that's its nature. Its nature is to be connected. Its nature is to flow. Its nature is to be open. Its nature is to be loving, because that's that's what it is. And and we get in its way by by 
by our fixed thinking, our fixed expectations, our sense of self-importance that then forces we become more fixed. So in Chrissy's metaphor, we end up in a in a black hole about things and we become stuck. We become stuck, we yeah. become rigid. And we we lose that connection. We lose that connection to being, actually. So if if you were to and, and I'll 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 give some thoughts on this as well, but if you were to summarize dealing with conflict in whatever way uh through an everyday being perspective what would be the one or two pragmatic or one or two things that you would just encourage us to think about steve um i think you, you can't you can't come away from thought really so I think in a sense, I was listening to um, something that George Kransky was was doing and some someone said <clears throat> that um, they thought, oh, it's just thought was a bit of a sort of car sticker type of logo, <laughs> right? And he hadn't really seen the significance of it. And it was through something that, um, George was sharing with it with an audience and George said isn't it so thank god it's just thought that's yeah. it <laughs> and George's wife Linda was in the in the audience but sort of off mic she's further back and she thought that was absolutely hilarious she said oh my god that is so profound and of course, because she was saying, well, imagine if it wasn't just thought, you'd be look all these things that you'd have to be watching out for that would that, you know, that were causing all of these these problems and difficulties. So it one it one it, in one way, then knowing, OK, all of this actually comes back to thought. Then if that's the cause of conflict then if I can relate to my thinking differently, if I can see the reality of, of separate realities, you know, the truth of separate realities, then when I'm having to um, express disagreements or different points of view, different ways of looking at things, maybe there's a way I can do that more sensitively in a different way where I'm not attached to the outcome of it, but I am attached to, or I'm committed to being the person that I want to be in relationship to this situation or in relationship to this, to this person. And I think it automatically go back to what you said earlier. It puts you in that. I think it puts you in that slightly more creative space. Yeah, where you're still engaging, you're still being true to yourself, you're still being honest, or then all those things. But you're sort of not being attached to the to the outcome of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that would be my encouragement, Steve, that, that last part is to say the extent to which you can be involved in in conversations that may historically be conflict or quite frankly might be conflict and you might be dis you know having different opinions with you know with some of the some on on topics that matter or don't matter with people that you've got you know strong love and connection with or people you barely you barely know but either way if you can approach those situations and consistently remain in those situations where you aren't particularly uh, invested or married to a set outcome but you continue to be highly involved in the process or the conversation or the discussion of what happens and i think those two things are very very different i think then that that can create such a powerful difference in 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 how you feel about those situations how effective those situations are um and and you know what whatever outcome might be steve's has talked you know a number of times tonight around the control that we have look we can't control or, or really truly influence what will happen at the out at the end of that outcome so look it will go wherever it, it is it is meant to go mm. and i also think as well that high involvement but low investment in that outcome does mean that you have to share your wisdom share your love share what's coming from the heart um and that means that it shouldn't be avoided that con that that you know the sharing of that information or i can't talk about that because i'm worried about what they'll think or what they'll say or how it will reflect on on me i think that is what that is involvement because i think without it i think you actually go into another place which might be apathy lack of caring and it brings you know brings mm. in the the gunny bag ex example as as well so so that high invest sorry high involvement but share your truth lean into these difficult situations where whatever they might be but have just that low attachment to what what will happen or what the outcome what the other person will think it doesn't really matter i think that is a really i do believe it i think it is highly practical in the way that we approach different conversations so th those would just, be my yeah and i think no sorry just gareth just to build on that i think that's so true i think then the feeling state so the 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 reason a heart constriction is really useful is because that affects the flow of your heart your feeling so i think what you're describing then about being willing to speak up and have the conversation really as as long as your feeling state is right you're sort of on safe ground really so if your feeling is um you know positive towards the other person and the situation even if you're saying something that's a disagreement you're sort of on safe ground really because people feel that yeah yeah so i think yeah, sometimes I you know just checking what's my intention what's my intention in sharing this and what's the feeling i'm coming from then if 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 that's if that's positive even if you're feeling nervous, it doesn't mean you can't be nervous. You might be quite nervous if it's a difficult thing to say. But if your intention is genuinely 
sort of positive and you're coming from a positive state you you're like i said you know my experience is even if the person disagrees with you they will sort of feel where you're coming from and it's a completely different different conversation but you can't fool yeah. yourself you know i've had people before they say well i you know i don't i don't really care about this and it's like yeah you do <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> sorry you do and yeah. that's what's coming through and that's why you're having a problem or a difficulty in this situation because you're trying to say oh, i don't really care and it's like yeah but your the whole feeling behind it is like yes you do and therefore that's why you're experiencing the the difficulties that you're experiencing yeah great okay uh anything more on our topic today steve i don't think so i was just the other thing i was just to say is i think this is quite a difficult subject you know and uh when we were thinking about it and trying to express it, it, it it's not easy and I think that's I think sometimes we should just keep that in mind as well I you know yeah. I think it I think sometimes we can always put ourselves under pressure to you know to play life well and play it properly and play it successfully and and all the rest of it and and I think sometimes these these topics that we we talk about are, are by their nature quite 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 difficult and i think sometimes it it's you know almost like being comfortable with not knowing all the answers actually that all these things we've talked about are, are, are slight pointers or perspectives but they're not the answer there is still something about life and relationships that's i don't know slightly unknown slightly mm -hmm. mysterious <laughs> it works and you know sometimes being willing to be slightly in that slightly unknowing space of not having all the answers but being curious and being interested um is is is, is a good place in itself so that you're not going into it thinking you know what all the answers are but you're 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 treading treading carefully carefully and sensitively is it, yeah is also i think something for us to keep in mind as well so that was just something else that was occurring yeah. to me well it's a it's a it's a lovely point to finish on today so uh thank you for spending time for you first and foremost but spending time uh, with us we hope that this has been something that has resonated with you something that has been uh, helpful so if uh, if anything comes to mind or actually you want to share something please get in uh, touch in the usual ways that's hello at everydaybeing.co.uk or uh, get in touch via our Instagram which is everyday.being or check out some stuff that is on the uh, on the website as well so uh, thank you very much for once again for spending time for us and we will see you again soon take care thanks everyone